welcome to this first episode of Devotional, an audio spiritual resource for daily living. My name is Ariel and I will be your presenter for this series and this is episode 1. A big part of my goal in producing these resources is to provide something that is easily accessible to you so that whether you're commuting to work, cleaning the house, or going for a walk, or in my case, sometimes falling asleep, you can listen to these po- uh, podcasts and uh, uh, be inspired to devote all of who you are to seeking for God. Thus the title, Devotion All. So before I begin, I want to give you a brief disclaimer. I am living in the same world you are. I am a father of two young girls, uh, one that's going to be one-year-old and the other one a six-year-old. And uh, there's just not going to be a perfect time for me to record these. So I say that because you may hear a baby girl learning how to talk or walk um, and a six-year-old sister trying to play with her in the background. Things falling, um, crashing, screaming. Um, And if you're okay with that, I'm okay with that as well. This is the real world, and I just realized I cannot wait for a perfect time to record these when my house will be perfectly quiet. Hopefully, you won't mind. It's the sound of real life. So I hope that these um, all your resources become a blessing for you as much as it is me making them for you. So let's begin this journey in one of my favorite places in the Bible, the Gospels, specifically the Gospel of Matthew. And the series that, this eight-part series that I'm about to start is called Jesus Reveals the Eight Paths to Happiness. Jesus Reveals the Eight Paths to Happiness. Um, why here? Well, I, I feel very much um, impressed that this is a very important part of the Gospel of Matthew because this is Jesus' first presentations to the big crowds that would gather around him, his disciples. These would become the first lessons that they would hear from him. So Jesus must have spent a lot of time praying and thinking, what should I say? Where should I begin? And so let's begin where Jesus began, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1, 2, and 3. And it reads as follows, And Jesus, seeing the multitudes, went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, let's begin um, at the very beginning, that very first word, blessed. What does that word actually mean? Does that mean that when you sneeze, someone says that to you in hopes that you don't catch a cold? I don't think that's the meaning Jesus attached to the word blessed. As a pastor, I have some resources that I make use of from from time to time, and one of them is a Greek dictionary. When I looked in the Greek dictionary as to what that word actually means in the original Greek, it simply means happy. Jesus begins to teach the multitudes how to be happy. And I think Jesus understood that he needed to begin here because it's something that I think every human being, excuse me, universally seeks for. We have evidence of this, I think, in many places, including 
the American Declaration of Independence. If you're an American, you're very familiar with this. Um, it says this, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and, catch this, the pursuit of happiness. There it is. Even in our Declaration of Independence from um, Great Britain, we wanted freedom. We wanted life so that we could pursue happiness. And it's interesting that our founding fathers did not simply say life, liberty, and happiness. They added that little verbal qualifier, the pursuit of happiness. And maybe they realized we're not born happy or innately happy. Maybe you are born and somehow we lose it. Most babies are happy. But something happens between childhood and adulthood in regards to happiness that we feel we need to pursue it. In any case, Jesus understands in the core of who we are, we feel this compelling desire to pursue happiness. And for me, that's amazing that Jesus, in his first discourse, this discourse would actually address this universal, innate human need, the need for happiness. Um, when we come back, we're going to begin exploring what did Jesus actually mean by this pursuing of happiness. Would you like to learn the basics of what the Bible teaches in the comfort of your home? There is a resource that allows you to study in your home and at your pace while guiding you through the many wonderful teachings of the Bible. These free resources can be found by logging in at BibleStudyOffer.com When you log on to BibleStudyOffer.com, you will find an option to select from two complete sets of Bible study guides, totally free. There is no commitment, so you can cancel at any time, and all the free materials are yours to keep. So please, log on to BibleStudyOffer.com today and begin learning the essential teachings of the Bible. It will change your life. So we're exploring happiness. This is where Jesus began. And we're going to be um, just focusing on that first beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, when you think of someone that is spiritually poor, what comes to mind? Questions such as, mm, do they go to church often? Probably not. How much of the Bible can they quote or do they know? Someone that is spiritually poor, my guess is that not much, if any. Uh, what about their lifestyle? Is, is their life free of mistakes or regrets? Um, I would think the safe answer is no. And Jesus says that these people those that are spiritually poor are happy. This is a very shocking beginning uh, statement for Jesus to make. What did he mean? Well, I think part of the confusion is part of our human nature, so to speak. The reality is Jesus is relating to every human being's natural condition. We all are spiritually poor. We may look squeaky clean on the outside, but every human being inside is born spiritually poor. The happiness comes when we finally realize it, own it, and accept it. 
I was a nurse for several years um, before I became a pastor. And I remember learning that for many people, the first symptom of a heart attack is death. Not a good symptom at all. In some of my textbooks, a heart attack were called the silent killers. There was no warning. Well, no warning if you were not willing to take a regular blood test once a year or every couple of years or get an echocardiogram. Um, I remember when I got my first blood test done several years ago, it really woke me up. I am a pretty fit guy. Um, well, now I'm a dad and I have that mandatory dad belly. I think dads need that belly for when they put their babies to sleep. It helps the baby to stay secure because the chances are is that the dad will fall asleep before the baby. <laughs> At least that's, that is my case. But overall, aside from the dad belly, I'm a pretty fit guy. Um, I like sports. I like to play. Uh, but when I saw the test results of my cholesterol, <clears throat> excuse me, it was 383. I would have never guessed my cholesterol was that high. In essence, I was a ticking time bomb. It was only a matter of time. My oldest daughter at that time was about two years old. That number let me know that my health was in poor condition and my daughter was young. I needed to be around for a while. Even though I felt perfectly fine on the outside, evidently my health was in poor condition. At first, of course, I was scared, but then I realized, hey, I can do something about this. I have been making all sorts of excuses as to why I cannot exercise. And the number one reason, of course, is I don't have time. That's, I think, the universal reason. But now that I saw these numbers, 383, now I knew I needed to take time to exercise, whether I wanted to or not. I needed to change the, some of the things that I was eating and not eating. I definitely needed to see a doctor on a regular basis. And you know what? Knowing that, knowing that I had a need began to make me feel happy. Happy that I had discovered all was not right inside of me. Happy that I discovered this in time to do something about it. I discovered I was poor in health and that discovery made me happy. In the same way, Jesus links the beginning of being happy to the experience of discovering our inner spiritual poverty which may not sound good at first, but, you know, it's not, it's not the worst thing that we could hear. I think hearing it and knowing it actually gives us hope because we can do something about it as well. Not knowing I had very high cholesterol did not make my cholesterol go away. So being ignorant of our inner spiritual poverty doesn't stop or prevent the many side effects of that condition. Just like a, being ignorant of my cholesterol would not prevent a heart attack. It's just a matter of time. Before I was a nurse, I served as a local missionary for three years in Columbus, Ohio. I remember asking people if they were interested in studying the Bible with me in their homes, free of charge. I would provide everything. I would even give them a free Bible if all they needed to say was yes. In my personal experience, you want to guess what was the number one reason people use to turn down my offer to study the Bible with them? The majority of the responses went something like this. I'm a good person. You know what? I'm doing pretty good. I am okay. In other words, I don't need. 
Jesus says that these people were not happy, would never be happy, even if they tried to pursue it. The Declaration of Independence says that happiness needs to be pursued, but in which direction and where to start? Jesus says begin by recognizing you have a need. You have a need of me. Um, in our next presentation, we will conclude this path to happiness and dive into the next seven steps that Jesus speaks of. They are all interlinked, so we will see some overlap throughout the coming presentations. I hope these have been a blessing for you, and I look forward to you listening to the next. Until then, have a happy day.